football, baseball, basketball, anything sports. Auburn's 91.1 FM WEGL presents the scoreboard with your co-hosts, Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Your calls are welcomed at 334-844-9345 or follow them on Twitter at Jacob underscore Hillman 3 or at Bay underscore Marks. Now, let's take a look at the scoreboard with Bay and Jacob. Welcome into the scoreboard here on Weagle 91.1 FM or streaming at WeagleFM.com. I'm Jacob Hillman sitting alongside Bailey Marks. It's our last episode before spring break hits and hopefully the rain will finally stop. It's been very, very drawn out. And it's weird because a few years ago we were complaining about not having any rain with the drought. Now we're complaining about having too much rain. So, And that can obviously be a bad thing. If we get, I'm not gonna get into the weather. So I'm not sounding like a major boomer. No, I, this this deserves weather talk. Uh, I mean, I, it's been bad. Say, if we get severe storms and the what, then the ground is all wet. I mean, trees are gonna get uprooted. I'm just saying. Well, the good news is bad. it's supposed to be better this weekend. I, I think so. we have three straight days of no rain this weekend. So that's I, positive. I think the weather will. I think the temperature will be fine. So, like you said, that's a positive. What is not a positive is Auburn men's basketball. Falling to Texas A&M last night on senior night after being 15-0 at home in the jungle. But Texas A&M ended that like they did two years ago. I mean, we remember, I think we both remember that. I think we both, I think we had a, I think Helena had a basketball game that night. And we both got home. Uh, obviously, we, weren't, we didn't get home together. But we got home at the end of the Auburn game, watched Mustafa Harry miss a buzzer beater at the end of the game. And, I mean... Almost an identical ending last night. Yeah. D'Angelo's three was not for the win, but it was for the tie and went off the back iron, just like it. Yeah, and after the first few minutes of play, it really kind of seemed like it was all Auburn on both uh, sides of the floor, all phases of the game. It was really kind of Auburn controlling the pace, uh, showing why they were pressing for an undefeated home se- home record this season. And uh, I, I can't really explain how... A&M was down, I believe it was 12-2, to two and came back and had at one point like an 8- or 9-point lead maybe. Um, but, I mean, I guess that's credit to Buzz Williams and the fire he instills in his program. I mean, nine wins already this this season in the SEC in his first season there. That's tough to do with an A&M program that was drastically falling. So, last night wasn't an ideal ending to a home career for a lot of Auburn seniors. But the positive is... You still have one more regular season game plus March Madness. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. It is one of those games where, I mean, back in Mar- or excuse me, December, I would have told you this is probably the least likely home game Auburn was to lose. I really think that because I thought Texas A&M was the worst SEC team. I didn't think they were going to get it together until next season. Like like you said, Buzz Williams is a great coach and he really gets his team going. But I didn't think he had it this year yet. But coming down the stretch, they've really become a dangerous team. And, I mean, I expect them in Nashville to make some noise. And, obviously, they did that last night, upsetting Auburn. So, I really, like like you said, it's a good thing. They have another regular season game. They got the SEC tournament, and it's March. They got the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And it, they can definitely look back and say, you know, we're the winningest class here ever. And, yeah. also, this is the best three-year home stretch, I think, in program history. So Four losses. Yeah. That's, that's insane. That's hard to do. And when you look at it, too, you look at the stats – I mean, Nebo was huge for A&M until he fouled out. Then you had Mitchell and Flag as well with 14 apiece. And then really off the bench, the only person that you had 
uh, was J.J. Chandler, and he was at the guard position. He had 14 points, three rebounds, and uh, he almost fouled out as well. So A&M really didn't distribute the scoring that much with players coming in off the bench because they really only played their starters. But, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think on Auburn's end, you can't really ask for much more out of Samir last night, though. Had 25 points and led the charge, did just about everything he could. I, I don't think you can ask much more out of him and and Austin, especially with the way. Well, I think Austin had a tougher time as well with the way the referees were calling the game. That was gonna be my next point. I can't. You can't really blame the referees on the loss because I think a little bit both ways. I, I don't think it was. I think it was bad both ways. When was, you get a Pat Adams game, it's gonna be bad both ways. And I also think Pat Adams is. A, and now this is where I'm starting to. No, I'm, I'm I'm accusing. I think he has a thing for Bruce Pearl. I don't think he likes Bruce Pearl. Yeah. He's called three technical fouls on him this year. Last night's technical foul was awful. Yeah, that it was, was bad. It, it was just... Now, did Steven deserve one? Maybe. Probably, because assistant coaches should keep their mouths shut on the bench unless they're coaching their team. They should not be arguing with referees. But Bruce's was... Ridiculous. That was bad. Yeah. Because even if he was out of the coach's box, he was not. He was a timeout. He can be on the floor. Yeah. But he felt the need to show up Bruce Pearl... Because he's getting probably because he's getting harassed by the entire crowd about the entire Texas A&M bench being on the floor after a you play were. is made. I that, that's a great picture. I know that picture is iconic, but it, it's it's probably my favorite picture I've ever seen of me in a basketball game. Yeah, that was awesome. The thing is, is that it just doesn't make any sense for him to make to make that second technical call. Unless he has a thing against Bruce Pearl, and I think he does. I don't. I think he gets annoyed. I think he gets frustrated with Bruce Pearl constantly being in his ear because that's the type of coach Bruce Pearl is. He's loud. He is going to be defending his players. He's going to be defending his freaking son, who's an assistant coach, when he gets called for a technical foul. I mean, I, I, I agree with giving a technical foul to an assistant coach who is arguing a call on the floor, but to give one to Bruce was over the top. Yeah, I agree. I mean... You look at it, Steven, Steven's probably one of the more vocal assistant coaches you'll see throughout the league, and should he have gotten one? Probably. You know, Steven's still young. I think Steven still has a lot of things to learn from his dad, and last night was a huge teaching point. But the one on Bruce, that's that's kind of ticky-tacky. That's kind of more of Pat kind of saying, I'm the boss. I think that's more of a referee input than anything. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. A&M did get one soon after, but I... That was already because there was a warning. At first, the I think with the commentators, I couldn't go, unfortunately, if you can't hear me right now. I'm under <laughs> the weather. Yes, I'm super under the weather. I was super mad because I haven't missed like home games unless it's for a reason like that. Um, but anyway, at first, the TV broadcast, and you could probably differ because you were in the jungle, when they first called the technical foul on Steven, we thought it was a bench warning. Mm-hmm. Because everybody kind of got up, and there was, there was multiple players standing in the middle of the play. I saw him do the team. So I knew it was a technical. Okay. I didn't know who it was on. So when he did the second one... They thought they were both on Bruce at first as I well. I thought Bruce was gone. Yeah. And then, obviously, it was better that it was on Steven, but nonetheless, it's not going to get technical regardless. But I don't know. And then when Isaac got to shoot the last two free throws of the halves, it wasn't due to technical fouls, but my next point in my mind was going to that for some reason. I actually thought that would be a game changer. Like, Auburn was going to win by one or two points, and it was going to be Isaac Okoro's free throws. I didn't see those free throws because I, I did the pup for a car. I, I saw was, that you yeah. were missing in the crowd, and my and Jordan was like, where's Jacob? And I was like, he's definitely doing a halftime competition, which is weird because I feel like you're never the one to do those kinds of things. Well, it was a putt for a car, so I had to do it. It was all, it was pure until oh, the man. cracks in Auburn Arena. Man, I missed it. By, I think if I hit 
what Brady was telling me. He's one of our friends that also uh, sits in this jungle uh, most of the games. He was telling me, he's like, I think if you hit it harder, I think you would, it would have gone in. Because when it slowed down, it started breaking. Because before it hit half court, it was, I mean, I looked at it and it was going in. But as it got across half court, I guess it started slowing down just a tad bit. It broke off to the left. I think if you hit it harder, is that going to... Yeah, that. so basically, it's it's a thing in golf. Like It basically takes away the break. So if it's if it's slanted and you hit it harder, it's going to go straight through that. Yeah. It's not going to affect yeah. it as much. Okay. So, well, so I, I kind of agree with it, but... If you're going to test that out, you got to wait till next year. You're right. I, I, think, I think I hit it the best I could. Because I, when I went up there, I had no idea what to think of the speed. I was like, "Do I, do I hit it like a well?" Okay, so what? was the hole lined up on the three point line? Oh, it was on the outside of the women's three point line. That's what, okay. I've always thought if I was going to be the one to do that, and if it was lined up on the three point line, I'd I'd set my ball up right on the line. I, what I did straight. because I guess it would move a little bit to the left. I went to the inside of the men's three point line, and yeah. I just aimed that way, so that way it would curve back. Well, you were close. Man, I that went to Toyota almost had to reach in their pocket and give you they did give you a car. <laughs> I, I I'm happy with the Bruce Pearl signed basketball. Oh yeah, did did you like that? Did that, it look like the one I got for my dad? I think so. Did one you, of those did you have a mini one? Yes. Yeah, that's that what I got. But uh, you know they used to give away a hundred dollars. Even if you didn't get it, would you rather have a hundred dollars or a Bruce Pearl signed basketball? That's a good question. I think the Bruce Pearl basketball is probably worth. I, I guess the the value of it might be a little. I would little take higher. The, I think I'd take the Bruce basketball. It's a it's a cool thing to set up on my desk and look at. Yes, all the time. remember remember the moment. But yeah, I, I, I like you said. I thought I, as soon as I hit, it, I thought I made it because it felt so good off the face. But as it got to half court, I was like, this thing might not get there. But it's online, and then it got towards the other three point line, and it was to the left. I knew I was missing it. So, well, I'm undefeated in the halftime competition. That so you are. Take that. You know. I was not going against anybody. I I was playing myself there. That's how golf is. You play yourself. Uh, the right. Well, yeah. I guess if you're going to do it again, you got you could probably do it next year. But if they even have it next year, I don't know. I I saw where you were doing that, and I knew you were doing something at halftime. And to know that it was the golf thing, I was like, that's such Jacob's forte. <laughs> it, I it had it had a chance, but the result of that was close and disappointing. Like the result of the Auburn senior night game. Don't don't. Don't bring it up like that. Well, but my mom did say that Auburn Arena was disappointing for you tonight. I, I, that, that was a fact. It sucks because the one, like, like I just said, Jacob knows this better than anybody, as well as my family. I, re- unless it's a situation where I physically cannot go, then I'm going to be at the game. And it killed me last night not going to the game when they had jungle tents oh, up outside when it was raining. Yeah, they had the tents for cool. I'm glad they, they're starting to. Really listen and set things up so that you know you're not standing in line in the rain. It, it was weird because I showed up before the tents were out there, and when they came and set it up, they like they like moved all the barricades. And I was like, "How's this gonna work?" And it worked out perfectly fine. They just had to, you know, they probably didn't expect people to be there as early as myself, and I think there were, there were about ten other people there at the time. So it it, it was a, it was a fun atmosphere, even though Auburn did not win. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest. I I the last minute I was. Very confident Auburn would come back. I you couldn't tell because I was well. If you were seeing by me, you would have been like, "Yeah, he doesn't." There, he there was that part of the game where it was Auburn sinks a three, AM sinks a three. Auburn has a layup, AM hits a layup. Like it was, it was. There was a few minutes where it was back and forth, and that's when I was like, 
okay, like maybe Auburn might not win this because our defense wasn't strong late. I went back to and rewatched it, and when I saw, was it, was it, I think it was Wendell uh, Mitchell. He was he number eleven. I think he hit that three on the right wing with it like a minute, a little over a minute left. That that, that was a dagger. Yeah, that was it. There, it was hard for. I mean, I mean, technically Auburn had the chance, but it was such a slim chance. I was that, mad at the shot point. selection. I mean, you only on the had, last play. What was it? Three, four seconds. There were seven seconds. Seven. Okay, sorry. I don't like that shot. That obviously wasn't the play. That was not the play. But still, there was Daniel shot it with, I believe, two three. seconds. It was. It was Samir was right there. Two to three. That's what I was gonna say. If you're gonna shoot a shot like that, get it to Samir. Guy who scored twenty five. Guy who we know can make one from anywhere well, on the court. I also didn't think Javon would make his. That's true. That was a circus shot. And it just That's went true. in. Javon only had five points, maybe. Javon scored five points, and but he had ten assists. Yeah, I'll take that. So you can't have Anthony having zero points off the bench. Though. No, and and we're about to get a break, but I think the last point we should make is that the bench disappointing once again. Zero points from Mclemore. Jalen Williams still a spark plug. He only had four points, but it still feels like his defense is needed out there, and he does enough on offense where they worry about him, and he catches alley oops and brings energy to the crowd. Yeah. Cambridge had zero. Jamal had zero in only three minutes. And Flanagan had two. I think, he, didn't he have like... It was the alley-oop. Okay, I missed that to get us up in the first half, right? Well, six points from the bench is not going to get it done in March. Nope. So, Auburn's going to have to figure something out. And, and honestly, that might be adjusting the starting lineup. Jalen Williams in for Daniel Purifoy. Have him come off the bench? Possibly. I think that'd be an interesting play to try in Nashville and see how it goes. But I don't know if they would stick with that. Nashville's a good time to maybe test a theory or two out before you hit the road for the field of 64. Probably. Maybe. Well, we'll be back right after this break here on the scoreboard on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the scoreboard on WGL 91.1 FM. Or if you are streaming live to me, Bay Marks, and Jacob Hillman, on WeagleFM.com, we welcome you, 334-844-9345, 334-844-WEAGLE. If you'd like to be a part of the SEC basketball tournament conversation, that's what's getting kicked off here right now at 4.17 p.m. live in Auburn, Alabama. Quick shout-out, my dad Keith Marks and Poppy, Lee Gunnan, and the guys back home listening. The Helena Huskies taking on a couple out-of-state opponents today at uh, the Hoover Met uh, new turf fields and the perfect game round robin, so... Uh, Good luck to the Huskies, and shout-out to Dad and Poppy and all the guys for listening. I try to give them a lot of love. Yeah, for sure. Got to give the Alma Mater a little bit of love, especially when they've got big games today. I mentioned it on the show, I believe. They were down here a few weeks ago. They're looking pretty good. They've played a lot of top-tier opponents. They, they beat the number 4-ranked team in Georgia last week. That's all I'm saying. Riverwalk Junkies? Maybe. We did blow a lead to Hoover. Right, we blew an 8-2 lead. We don't talk about that. Or 10-2. to two, One of the two. Anyways. Well, we are going to talk about basketball. SEC tournament preview. Yes. And because we're going to be on spring break, we won't have a show next week. So why not go ahead and kind of talk through some of the scenarios that might play out and what we think will play out. Because we kind of have a good idea of what's going to happen with the seedings. Auburn's going to be the 2, 3, or 4. We know that. We know Kentucky's going to be the 1. We know the uh, LSU will also be a 2, 3, or 4 seed. Florida could draw could be a 2 through 5 because the South Carolina has a tiebreaker yes. over them. Yes. But I think it's I think we can say that it'll be Kentucky, 
Auburn, Florida, LSU in the top four, the order could change. Hopefully Auburn's in the two or three spot because we'd rather face Kentucky in the final. Exactly. And what needs to happen, Auburn needs to take care of business and against Tennessee on Saturday. Florida hosts Kentucky on Saturday. And I'm not so confident in Kentucky winning that game. I, I think Florida might pull that one out. You know, I, I semi-agree because if you watch the game last night at the beginning, Florida was struggling against Georgia. Georgia got off, got off to a quick, uh, hot start. But uh, Florida reigned true over their rival. Um, Kentucky has shown a little bit of, a little bit of downside I mean, lately. Yeah, losing to, losing to Tennessee on Tuesday was not a good showing because they, I think they blew a big lead. Yeah, and they nearly lost to Auburn. But I mean, Auburn, not trying to downplay Auburn, but I agree. I mean, maybe you could see some Florida magic. I don't, I don't know. I'd rather have the two seed just for the heck of like. SEC runner-up, right? Um, but if if Auburn ends with the three seed, wouldn't be mad. Don't want to get the four th- four seed. Now here's the thing: I'm looking at the current projections, and I mean, I would almost rather have the three seed than the two seed because currently Auburn would face the winner of Mississippi State against Vanderbilt or Missouri, which would be Mississippi on Friday. State. Yeah, I think we can assume it would be Mississippi State. Whereas Florida will face the winner of Texas A&M and Arkansas. Also, another reason to not be the four seed. Four seed. I mean, I usually don't want to be the four Big, seed at all. Bigger chance of well, it would have happened because they'd lose Kentucky. But if somehow they upset Kentucky, bigger chance of having to play Alabama. I don't want to play Alabama again. Sorry. No. no. Now, I don't think I ever want to play Alabama three times in basketball again after two years ago. I mean, looking at the top of this bracket, I don't know if you can see it from there, but like... I'm, I'm looking out on my phone. All these teams, Kentucky, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Georgia, I think those are the teams I... Other than like Texas A&M and Florida, those are the teams I do not want to play. Yeah. I think I think teams ranked nine and higher can win the whole thing. I think Alabama has a chance to win it. They because they can get hot like Auburn did last year, I think they can win. I mean, and do John I think, Petty should be back. Exactly, and they might not even beat Tennessee, but I do think they have the capability to make a run at it. Alabama Tennessee would be a fun basketball game to watch uh, because Tennessee beat Alabama and Coleman a few weeks ago. Correct? Yes, that is true. So that'll be that'd be a fun game. Um, also, if you're looking at it from the standpoint of if if you're LSU right now, think about this: LSU would have the four spot. They'd be matched up against the five, which would be South Carolina, or if who who's a, a fourteen or eleven beats South Carolina? No, it'd be Georgia or Ole Miss at thirteen and twelve. Georgia and Ole Miss. Okay, so that's a 12-13 side of things. So that that's a I think that's a real small part of the bracket that a lot of people aren't looking at because think about it, LSU at the beginning of the SEC season started off undefeated. Everybody was high on LSU. It's LSU and Kentucky. Auburn's out of the picture, and they dropped. LSU, Vander, Vanderbilt broke them. Yeah, Vanderbilt broke them. Auburn, or LSU, I'm sorry, technically, they can make a run, too. This is a very level playing field this year, besides Kentucky. I think Kentucky's slightly above everybody else, and you have, like, the Auburns and Floridas, LSUs, and then kind of everybody else stacked up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the uh, Eastern Conference. Yeah. T- real okay. high yeah. tier, and then real mediocre. The thing about Kentucky, for me, is that they're, they've been slightly inconsistent. And that's what, I'd agree. that's what scares me with picking them. I'm like, they got to play three straight days. I don't know if they can put to that put together three straight days of good basketball to win because everyone's coming for their heads. Hopefully it's not vengeance Richards time because Nick Richards compared to the first half of the season has not been 
what he was. That is true. Especially after Austin Wiley broke him in Auburn Arena, he hasn't really been in that monster form that he was in. Yeah, he. I mean, he was clear player of the year. I think he'll probably still win it just because, you know, the Kentucky name. Yeah. But he, he hasn't been as... Either him or... Prominent. Mason Jones, maybe. Mason Jones. Uh, or by Tyree... Reggie Perry at Mississippi State is okay. I don't yeah, think, I think there's he's a few out. guys, but I agree. I think Kentucky names what carries him, but Nashville will be fun. What do we think is going to happen? Honestly, I, I think I think Auburn does win their first game. You want to be brutally honest with you? You think they lose to Florida? I think Auburn loses to Florida. I don't think that's necessarily a crazy take because. Of how bad they played them earlier this year. That and last year in the semifinals. Florida's probably... They still want revenge. Yeah. Because they, they got they kind of got their revenge in the regular season. But that was early. That, that January 11th, 15th, whatever day it was, doesn't really matter. What matters is March. And this is going to be the exact same scenario. Florida's really going to want revenge. I'm afraid Auburn, Auburn squeaks by out of the quarterfinals and stumbles into the semifinals and gets blasted with their inconsistencies. That's possible. Because we keep talking about it. You mentioned it just now. You can't have the bench scoring six points at home in your final SEC game of the year when everybody's healthy. Nobody's hurt. Everybody's healthy. You can't have six points off the bench. You won't get far in Nashville, and you won't get far in the field of 64. The crazy thing about that matchup with Florida earlier in the year, I mean, you had Anthony start. In place of Daniel. That was the first game they changed something up after the Alabama blowout loss. And then no one except Daniel coming off the bench scored 10 points. It doesn't make any sense. The bench production is just, it's been very low compared to what it was last year. And, and Auburn's deeper this year than they were last year. You're right. Um, the, I really don't think Auburn gets past the semifinals. If I, Auburn does make it to the finals, though, then it's big. They could probably beat Kentucky because looking at because looking at tournament seating right now, Auburn's a five or six. Whereas if they get to the championship, they could be a four. Or win it, I think they can be a four. I, yeah, four is the ceiling. Yeah, I also think six is the the uh, basement though. Yeah, you can't. It, you're one of the, you're right there. Last year, you know, Auburn was seven and seven in conference play. Picked it up towards the end, won the tournament, and still was a five seed. So. Yeah, I, I think Auburn gets to the finals, even wins it, gives you a four. Anything less, you're a five or six, depending on how the rest of the field plays out. What's the ultimate sleeper? In the tournament? Mm-hmm. LSU. I know. I know. A, even though they're a high seed? Either a high seed, I think that's a sleeper. Because I really I don't think anybody's talking about anybody else except Auburn, Florida, and Kentucky. Yeah, I, I would say Texas A&M. But, after I saw yeah. them last night. If you're talking outside of those? Looking at what they did last night and kind of what... So... I remember a few weeks ago, they had won three in a row, and it was like Alabama, Tennessee, maybe Mississippi State. Yeah, three in a row. Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi State, and then they lost by nine to Kentucky, and then they lost by 14 to LSU. When they won those three in a row, I was like, man, they're they're like putting it together. Nah, those teams aren't that good, but that's still, that's still something to look at. I mean, like Three in a row in the SEC, that's good. And then they lost only by nine to Kentucky, and then the 14-point loss to LSU is not that good, but that was on the road. I think that they can really put it together, and especially if if Josh Nebo is not getting fouled out every single game, like yeah, you know, Nebo like had a, last night. Yeah, he had a great second half last night. It is if the officiate. So I'm sure everyone's seen the articles about how many how fouls have been called so much more in SEC play than there has been in other conferences. I mean that I think that affects him a little bit, but I still think he's going to dominate in Nashville for Texas A&M, and I think that can really launch them to 
possibly upset Florida. Or, well, I mean, you know, we're, we're still talking like they're going to, like Florida's going to be the two seed. But that could very easily be Auburn. Auburn could very easily be facing a Texas A&M again in Nashville. Which, well, if, if, that, if that happens, I'd honestly like Auburn's. I think a rematch Auburn's does odds. help, but still scary. Oh, yeah, still scary. Um, before we go to break, let me ask you one quick question. Do we see any of the teams that have to play on day one having a 2015-esque Auburn run? The only team I could see is Georgia because I think Anthony Edwards could win games by himself. Yeah. That's my only... The only, the only other team I could think of besides Georgia would be Ole Miss. Brian Tyree? Yeah. I think we're underestimating Missouri and a little sure. bit, but I'm, I'm still gonna, I'm still not gonna buy Missouri at all, even though they beat Auburn. No, I don't buy stock in Missouri. Yeah, I'm not buying them at all. Yeah, I think Georgia's probably a nice bet for that if you're willing to place your odds on it. Just because Anthony Edwards could absolutely dominate, but I don't know. On the other side of the break, it's the scoreboard still the bottom of the hour. Jacob Hillman and Bay Marks live, Weagle FM nine one point one. Welcome back into the scoreboard here on Weagle 91.1 FM or WeagleFM.com. I'm Jacob Hillen sitting alongside Bay Marks. So we get ready for the last 30 minutes until spring break. And we're going to get into some NBA action, specifically that Mass Pelicans game last night because Zion versus Luka. The NBA in the hands of LeBron, or in the words of LeBron James, is in very good hands with all the young talent that is in the league right now. And I couldn't agree more. And those are two guys that he's talking about. Um, I mean, it's kind of weird to think it's, about, it's two different kinds of players. You have one where he's the number one overall draft pick. He doesn't really shoot the ball a lot. He's going to bang you down low in the paint. The next LeBron. And then you have one who got traded on draft day from Atlanta to Dallas. Don't remind me. I know. I, I should have brought good. Trey Young's good. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. You I should be should. complacent with Trey Young. Exactly. I shouldn't really have any Trey Young slander after he's scoring 45 points with no help every yes. night. But Luca's more of the shoot and dime kind of uh, dynamic player that he is. And he's, double every night. Yeah, it's it's a fun conversation to have. Would you rather have Luka Doncic or Zion Williamson? And I think the bigger question is, would you rather start a franchise with one or the other? Build one around one of them? Mm-hmm. Who would you, who would you build a franchise? This around? is really tough for me because I think they're both kind of on equal levels playing wise. And I, when I originally thought this, I was like, "Oh, Zion, he's got he's you know he's like a global icon." But I was like, "Luca's a global icon too because he's not from the United States." So it's hard for me to choose because I wanted to go with okay, you got because I was like, "Zion's got the marketing." Like Zion already has a deal with Nike. Well, Jordan, but yeah. he has a Nike deal. That dude is gonna be getting views on YouTube and Twitter everywhere for his whole entire life. I Luca has the international audience. And Zion does too, but I think more people pull for Luca because he's international. You know they're the same height? Really? Am I wrong? Six seven? I think they're Everyone's both six, six seven. seven. Yeah. I know Zion is. I think if I had to build a franchise around Luka Doncic or Zion Williamson, I'd pick Luka Doncic. Let me elaborate. Zion Williamson's knee is not in the best condition. It's in playing condition. It's young. He's also large. But he's also <laughs> large. <laughs> Luka Doncic has had his fair share of injuries, but I don't think he's had one to the extent of that knee so far. Also, 
with the pace of today's game, I'd rather have a tall, slim point guard that can shoot the ball and score a triple-double every night and him than have a traditional 6'7", 6'8", 300-pound body in the paint. <laughs> I think that's the thing that's not saying I wouldn't take Zion Williamson. Yeah, that's the thing that's exciting about him though is that he's so like LeBron. I mean, it's it, you know you don't want to compare the guys because they're two different players, but like, come on. I think it's fun seeing him dominate in the paint and then then see LeBron pull up from half court to show him, hey, I'm still here. That sequence was incredible. That was cool. That was cool. It, it won't get beat this year. There's nothing that'll be better than that. Yeah, it's sequence wise. And I, I think the thing about Zion is also his three point shooting still isn't there. No, at all. And that's something you said on the show was. Going into the league, you thought that Zion would have to develop the three-point ball. And it's funny, his first game hit four, and he didn't hit a single one until like a few days ago. It was against uh, Golden State? It might have been Golden State. Step back, something like that. But you had just mentioned it, and I, I agreed with you. I thought going into the league, he'd have to develop a shot. Hasn't done it. He's still doing what he wants to do, and he's dropping like 30 points a night. Um, but that's not a bad guy to build your franchise around either. Yeah. But uh, I I do think it's a it's it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a pick'em. Like if there if you had favorite like if it was like a a game they would be pick'ems. Like there's no favorite there because I would have gone either way with like you picked Luca I picked Zion. But I mean I think we both would have gone either way with it and not thought twice about it. Do you remember in high school when we were juniors and Zion played Pelham High School yes. in that high school basketball tournament and everybody like I remember pulling it up on my laptop. You know what, you know what's crazy is. Zion's younger than me, but he's barely older than you. Yeah. I mean, he's older baby. than you by Thanks, a Jacob. Yeah, I know. I'm I, a baby. I, he's like two months older than you, I think. When's his birthday? It's like, no, it's like July. It, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like a month older than you. Yeah. So, um, no, but you're right. He's still super young. Like, he's he could still just be a freshman in college because I could be a freshman in college right now. That's what's like making me feel old is that I'm seeing professional athletes that are younger than me now. Paying attention to the weather on a daily basis doesn't already make you feel old, Jacob. Okay. I did that back in high school too. No, you now, do that now. Now I'm growing up. I'm like, oh man, this, this this dude is making millions. Can you just think about it though? You have Zion, Luca, Trey Young, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell. Oh, the whole landscape. I mean, no, I'm just talking about like the numerous yeah. young players in the NBA right, right now with all of the contending teams with young players on their team. Like Boston has Jason Tatum, the 76ers. They have Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Um, you have teams out in L.A. I mean, Kyle Kuzma, he's helping them compete for a championship. I mean, you just have so many young players across the league right now and teams that are developing to be championship teams like Atlanta, like Dallas, like New Orleans. New Orleans might make the playoffs. Memphis with John Morant and Jaron yeah. Jackson. I mean, Dylan Brooks, that guy is so underrated in my opinion. I love Dylan Brooks. He balled out at Oregon, and I think he's been kind of the glue guy for Memphis, like when he doesn't play well, Memphis struggles. Yeah. But when he plays well, they can win any game. They can be anybody. Yeah. But 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 talking about the the whole young player thing in the NBA, I think that's going to lead to some great years in the next decade and decade and a half. Because lately, I'm going to be honest, it's been hard to watch the NBA with just Golden State winning all the time, and especially the playoffs. Steph coming back tonight, BTW, fun. But I agree. I find that. But like the thing is, is like. Now, with all these new names and the teams that are going to be growing, it's going to be so much more intriguing when, you know, the Hawks are a fifth seed or a fourth seed in the East, and the Mavericks might be a two or one seed because Luka Doncic is balling out. Porzingis. Yeah, Porzingis is another young name. Out. He's only like 25. Um, and, hey, think about this. A Western Conference Finals, 
Zion versus Luka Doncic. That'd be fun. I could see that happening. We'd we'll have to years. wait till LeBron James retires. That, but as I was going to say, is that whenever you know the guys like LeBron leaves, whenever the Spurs are complete, like when they're rebuilding completely, I think they're kind of already gone. Come on, but like when they're completely gone, yeah. Then like Popovich retires, like they're going to be plummeted. They're going to be the bottom of the. When when Tim West. Duncan's the head coach permanently, exactly. and not just for a game. Well, another another. I guess I mean, we haven't even mentioned Giannis. Giannis is still pretty young. Giannis is 20, 27. Let me look it up real quick. He's around that age, but I think he's young enough to where he's going to be here for a long time. I mean, look at LeBron. He's still playing. Kobe played till he's super old. And he oh, Giannis is 25. Kills. There you go. Yeah. There's so many young players that it's going to be a shift in the next 10 years. You're going to have the Grizzlies in the West, too. In the East, you're going to have the 76ers constantly up there. You're going to have the Hawks eventually, I, I'm hoping. But I, th- I think that's fa- fair to say that they'll be up there with Trey Young, John Collins. The circle of life in the NBA does have its dead spots, though. Yeah. New York. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago, I, I have faith they'll figure it I out. I know. I do, too. They're going to get a high lottery pick, and they'll pick someone that, they, that York, they should get. New York is bad. New York's like Charlotte 10 to 12 years ago. Yeah. Look, you know what? I'll say this. I think that if the Bulls get a top three pick, top four, top five pick, they're going to get Isaac Okora, and I think he can be the next guy that really steps up. As long as he can, he's got to be a dynamic scorer, and he's not You're quite talking about yet. the 2021 draft, right? I'm talking about this. Yeah, funny. No, I'm talking about the 2020 draft, unfortunately. But, I mean, Okora is, is really starting to gain that attention. I think he's going to eventually be a competitor in the dunk contest, and he's obviously a great defender. That's a, that's a high ceiling. I, I mean, Figuratively, figuratively and literally. I mean, look at how he played last. The second half is what pre-injury Okora was. Yeah, but I think he's he's, he's getting back to me and make the Bulls super good. I think we're in a a time a time space in the NBA where we somewhat were back in I think it was 2004 when Dwayne Wade, Melo, and LeBron that era kind of shifted into the NBA. Yeah, I think we're really kind of hitting a a, a 2.0. And that kind of sense of drafting. I, I like that comparison. Yeah, because you have all these young guys who've grown up playing AAU together, which AAU's been great for basketball. AAU together, they've played in high school together, they've been all these all these circuits and summer workouts together and stuff, and now you have them playing against each other night in and night out in the NBA. It's 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 an it's a time in the NBA where young talent's thriving and it's kind of time to sit back and get used to these young names because they're gonna be here for ten to fifteen years. See, I, I like I just like the thought of the playoffs not being so, you know, obvious what's gonna happen. Like I mean, even though the Warriors aren't in now, it feels obvious again. It's gonna be the Lakers and Bucks. I mean, you just maybe the well, Clippers. Maybe I was the Clippers. Say, Clippers and Rockets are playing pretty well. I still think it's gonna be the Lakers. You never know. It might even be Toronto and Boston. I really don't think it's as predictive as you think. I think so. I'll watch, this year, I'm going to be a lot more intrigued. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be way yeah. more intrigued this year. But I, I watched last year uh, the finals because I really didn't think Golden State would win. Yeah, I, but. I watched the finals because it was fun to watch Kawhi, and Siakam, and Van Vliet actually ball out. But I was still kind of sitting there like, yeah, the Golden State's going to win this. And they, they shocked me, and that was entertaining. But this year, it just kind of feels like when we do get to the finals, it won't be as predictable. Yeah. But I think the playoffs are going to be pretty chalk. I think it's, I don't know. Last year was last year. I think was pretty chalk. If I will be so hyped if the Grizzlies get in the playoffs and John Morant makes a run, 
I hate, but they have to beat the Gri or the Lakers. I was about to say that's not happening. I hate to try and put faith in them because I feel like for some reason they're not going to. Also, I want to love the Grizzlies and I do, but their bench last night made it hard against Brooklyn. Did you see that? Mm -mm. You know how Brooklyn does the their bench says the dance they yeah. did last year. Jared Dudley, they did that last night because they're young and trying to troll, which is kind of annoying. But <laughs> my brain was like, hate them, and I, my you heart was like, by no. That? That's funny. I'm that's a boomer. Oh uh, yeah, you are. You, that's that. That's that old man mentality. When you're you're almost twenty. You're almost a boomer, pretty much. I'm getting there. Well, the the young stars in the NBA are not boomers. They are they are bloomers, and they're going to make the NBA exciting. I, I I think because right now it's I say right now it's fine, but a few years ago, man, I cannot get into the NBA. I heard Orlando has this young guy uh, named Chumo Kiki that's coming back from injury that might be pretty good as well. There's a few guys in the G League ball now, you know, Bryce Brown, Jared Harper. Yeah. Cool, they got pulled up. You, know, you had the G League starts because we got all these top five lottery picks, but... Well, Jared just got off injury, so... Yeah, and he, he had 11 assists last night. I think yeah. 18 points made both of his three-point shots. Vino. He has that two-way contract, so Jared's going to be... Uh, he's going to be playing in Phoenix at the end of this year, and... Ty Jerome won't be. Bryce, they're right. Ty Jerome double dribbled. But the uh, the thing is that Bryce had, I think he had his best chance to play in the NBA this past week when the Celtics had a bunch of injuries. But they have to call him up, so it's okay. It's only a matter of time. It is a matter of time. But with that, we're going to head to the final segment of the show. It's going to be Auburn baseball. Is it? Let's do Auburn baseball. We're going to be for spring break. They got two series. SEC play starts. Let's talk about it. Auburn baseball on the way. Welcome back into the school board on WEGL 91.1 FM. Or if you're streaming to me, Bay Marks, with Jacob Hillman Live on WeagleFM.com, the official website of WEGL, we welcome you. 334-844-9345 is the number you'd like to call for Auburn baseball. 334-844-9345. Auburn baseball discussion for the last few minutes or so here in the program. Hopefully the sun will come out so Auburn baseball can get a game in this week. They got postponing at <laughs> Sanford earlier this week because it was – Flood warning. Yeah, th this weekend will be fine. I don't know about next weekend, SEC opener, but this weekend, Chicago State fine. is that 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 is who Auburn. That's is who's playing. on deck. And an interesting fact about Chicago State is totally irrelevant. But they're not playing in their basketball tournament in the West. They're in the Western Athletic Conference. For, the WAC, the, for whatever reason, even though they're in the center they're of the, in the Midwest. State. They're in the WAC, though. You're right. They're not playing in the tournament because of the coronavirus stuff. That is, the school decided that? Mm -hmm. It's like uh, in Italy. I don't know if y'all heard this, but in Italy, they said that nobody can attend sporting events for a month because of the coronavirus, which honestly, like... It makes sense. Yeah. And if the... Italy, I think, is is one of the worst countries. Then for a country, like, China's got millions of millions of people. I think they had, Aren't they up to a billion? Like the total population? population? Oh, it's... I mean, I don't know if it's a billion, but it's up there. It's close. Let me look. The thing is, is like, I think Italy's one of the worst ones that you wouldn't kind of expect. Like, the United Kingdom had their first death. You're right, 1.38 billion. Wait, the United Kingdom had a, their first death today? Yeah. There's a case in Nashville with it. There's a case in Fulton County, Atlanta area. Alabama's been lucky so far. We'll it, see. Won't, it won't last because we'll of see. UAB and everything. And I mean, I mean, this could be a whole segment. Us, talk, us being doctors, stick to sports guys. But no, it's... Uh, I think people are overreacting a little bit. I hope. I think. I don't know. I haven't really ever been scared about something like this before, but this is actually kind of... I, mean, I saw a list of all kinds of stuff. I don't know if I it's because I'm sick right now, but... You have the typical flu. I hope. Now, with that being said, you do need to be careful because you're more uh, 
vulnerable to other things. So trust me, Jordan's been making me clean everything. That's good. But anyway, Chicago State, <laughs> their basketball team's not playing because of the coronavirus. So their baseball team is going to come here. <laughs> their baseball team's coming to a place where there are no known cases of the coronavirus, but they're not that good. Tanner Burns, Jack Owen, Bailey Horn, the same three-day dosage that you've been getting all year from the Auburn Tigers is what you'll see this weekend at Plainsman Park. Um, yeah, Chicago State's 2-11 this year. I they need Auburn needs to dominate. They will. Like they did against Wright State last week. Yeah, the Oakland A's. Now, with that saying, they did look just like the Oakland A's. Wright State, they have at least a decent resume with that seven-run victory over Louisville. In a midweek game, this uh, this team—they're not good. No, See, I mean I think that's probably another reason why Auburn was so upset about Sanford having to get rescheduled to May the twelfth because Sanford's Sanford's a tough team, without a doubt. Besides UCF, your best non-con opponent, Georgia Tech's up there. Yeah. Auburn plays them twice, but Casey Dunn's got a good squad. He does. I mean, here's the thing: Chicago State hasn't scored more than five runs. In a game yet, they only scored five runs once, and they only scored four runs twice this year. And every other game has been three or less. I'll tell you that, they scored eight runs against University of Illinois on, on Tuesday, I guess that was. Yeah. And I need, to see, I need to see a lot of improvement from these pitchers, these starting pitchers. I agree. I think Tanner's kind of been subpar. His expectations were high. He hasn't met those yet. I think that's why I'm he's not gonna get kind of frustrated this. with him. Yeah. But I think if he's going to reach those expectations, he... He needs to dominate, like similar to what he did against Cincinnati last year with those 15 strikeout game. He doesn't need to get 15 strikeouts, but, but he needs to go like six or seven innings. Which, yeah. With that being said, I don't know if they're if a single starting pitcher is going to go more than five innings this year. The way Butch has been pitching them, unless they are they have like a no hitter or perfect game where they're striking out everyone in sight, I don't think they're going to go longer than five or six innings. Maybe in SEC play they will because of the fact the next day you might get torn apart and you need your bullpen. But I think after last year with what happened to Daniel Burns and Jack Owen, he's not taking any risk. I like that strategy. No, I agree. I mean, the only argument against that would be early season pitch counts. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. But with the amount of Auburn arms that Auburn has had so far this season that they can put on the mound, that's the reason why I think you might be right. I think we've also found our third bullpen guy or our th- the third long reliever. Is so, Cody and Richard the first two? Yes. Carson Skipper. Yeah. Carson has pitched a lot better compared to last year. He came in last year from Hewitt Trustville High School up in the Birmingham area, the 7A Husky team. Um, had high expectations, and I think he started a Sunday game or two last year. He did. He struggled. But it, I think that was just the freshman in him. This year he's figured it out. And Butch Thompson said that preseason. He Auburn said, has a lot of lefties. Man, they, they, they do. It's crazy. And Garrett Wade's one of them who I want him to start fighting his stride. Maybe midweek, one more year for him is good for him. Because think about it, Tanner, Jack, and Bailey will be. Is Bailey going to be gone next year? Yeah. Bailey's a senior, I believe. So them three will be gone. So maybe letting Garrett find his groove in a midweek this year is his his thing. I mean, it's kind of crazy. The The thing I dislike about Garrett the most is his. his uh, whenever he tries to pick players off. Yeah. He's, it's like John Lester. He has the yips. He can't make a throw over to first base. It's crazy. He's like John Lester. So whenever, yeah, it is. And whenever he, if someone gets on, they're, they're probably going to try to steal because there's there's no chance he's going to th- throw them out at first base. Well, I think we can come to a consensus and say that pitching this weekend will be fine. I think something that we haven't talked about is 
Auburn needs more than Jed Ward and Ryan Bliss showing mm-hmm. up every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, those two guys have consistently shown up every day and have played hard. I mean, Matt Scheffler has had a, had a, uh, a few good games as well. I'm not going to discredit him. Um, as well as Connor. Connor's had some okay La- games. Last weekend, Chef and Connor Davis had a good game. Like, Connor hit an absolute moonshot and... Chef, I think, had three hits. Yeah, but I mean, my deal is, I know he just came off injury, or these two of these guys did, but Kaysen Howell, Stephen Williams, I need to see more out of them, as well as Rankin. I mean, you have a veteran guy like that at third base, I need to see more out of you, man. Especially in the non-conference, getting that group before SEC play gets kicked off. I don't know, it's kind of frustrating. And uh, I'm looking at the game notes, or the series notes, I should say, and potential starting lineup has Brody Moore in right field with Stephen Williams at DH, and Farquhar's kind of finding his groove at second base. I was I was nervous about what he's going to do with his glove. I was going to say his fielding was our biggest worry. But I think he's starting to get find the consistency, and he'll be fine there because his, his bat is too dangerous to keep out of the lineup, and there's really nowhere else to put him. And it's not because... You know, he can't play anywhere else, but it's because everyone else is like solidified at their spots. So I do think it's potential that they're going to be switching Brody and Farquhar out at second base whenever Stephen Williams gets healthy again because the DH is a spot where you got you can't keep guys out. Samuel Shanker's been good. Tyler Miller's been good. Brayton Brown, of all people. Yeah, Brayton's been playing so, nice, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see whenever Williams gets back and healthy what they do at second base, and what they do at DH. This has nothing to do with Auburn whatsoever. <laughs> just, came, just came to your mind? Yeah. I'm mad there's a team in the state of Alabama that's 12-0. and 0, Oh. And it's not Auburn. It It's one of those... Or is it 13-0? They might be 13-0 now, but... I don't like saying this this early. I mean, the schedule is part of it. They travel out to UNLV. You know, but they've also been away from home. They they No, they played well. I'm not, I'm not I'm not trying to take that dig at Alabama, but in case you haven't figured out, we're talking about Alabama. Bohannon, former Auburn. That guy, guy is a, he's a good guy, and he is a heck of a recruiter and coach. Yeah, he is. He recruited a lot of these guys that are playing for Auburn right now. He was like the uh, national assistant of the year. At, he was. He also swayed Tanner Burns to decommit from Alabama and commit to Auburn. Yeah, if that if that tells you anything, so <laughs> I mean that it, <laughs> ironic at the moment, but but I think. I guess we'll look forward a little bit to spring break. Texas A&M series. A&M has a traditional powerhouse. I think I think they're they're solid this year. And looking at their schedule, I, you would say so. I mean, eleven and three, and those losses come to Illinois, UCLA, Oklahoma State in the Frisco Classic, which is you know a top a top tournament that they play in. And UCLA's number eight, Oklahoma State's number seventeen. So. And the loss to Illinois is by one run. Texas A&M is going to come in, and they're going to battle. Auburn needs to win that series, though. Agreed. This is at home, and then you're going to Missouri, where Missouri, they're not a baseball program. No. And because it's on the road, you might lose that series, and that, that's not a big problem. But if you go and lose a series against Texas A&M at home, then you need to go win the series against Missouri. And you don't want to have that pressure on the road. Yeah. So... I'm looking at next week, and it it's very important. Georgia Tech on Tuesday, Wofford on Wednesday, Friday through Sunday, Texas A&M. What do you think the record needs to be to for Auburn fans to feel comfortable? Because I know after Chicago State, I, yeah, after Chicago, we're gonna assume Auburn sweeps Chicago State. If they don't, oh Lord, 
I think you can't go less than four and one against Tech, Wofford, and AM. You can't go less than four and one. I you need to win the midweek game because uh, I, I since they got swept by UCF, Auburn needs to go undefeated. Auburn has to. Game. I was gonna say Auburn has to beat Tech and Wofford just because of what they've already done against non-con and then AM. You can afford a loss. You can afford one loss. I'd rather it be game two or three. Go ahead and get game one under your belt. Tanner needs the ball. Yeah, Tanner's Tanner's going to have a great SEC opening weekend, and then no doubt in my mind, Jack or Bailey will come out firing as well. Well, this is March, and we're about to hit spring break, and we won't. We'll have a show right after selections. Man, that show's going to be during. I remember last year the show was fun when with the games going on and stuff. Hopefully, the Auburn game's not going on because then we probably. Won't have a show. I, Hopefully, I Auburn's in Tampa, and we'll that'd be nice. Be there, but, but the point I'm making is, if the show is happening while the Auburn game's happening, I don't think we'll have a show because be on the on social media. We'll we'll have it on. There. Our focus will not be on the show, and it it, it would be a whole mess. Yeah. So after spring break, we'll hopefully have a show and be able to talk during all the games and and really just give our thoughts on what's going to happen in the tournament. But spring break's up next. What are you looking forward towards? Spring break, getting better. Is that what yes, you're, yeah. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to Gatlinburg tomorrow, but um, I don't know. Hopefully, some some mountain air will do me some good. But yeah, getting say, that's in the middle of nowhere. The fresh air is going to help. Yeah, hopefully, I, dude. I just got to get better. I haven't gotten a shot or anything. I, I have an ear infection now. I'm I'm bro- I'm I feel like you're broken. Broke. Yeah, you're broke. I, I don't think I've ever been so ready for a break, like physically, like mentally, from schoolwork. Dude, school's kind of testing me right now. I feel that. I feel that. I have good grades though, Mom and Dad. Don't freak <laughs> he, out. He promises. He yeah, promises. I promise. So, this has been the scoreboard on Weagle 91.1 FM or WeagleFM.com. If you miss a part of the show or want to go back and listen, check out our Apple, iTunes, or Spotify or Transistor, and it'll be up right after the show. But you've been listening to the scoreboard here on Weagle 91.1 FM. This has been the scoreboard. 91.1 FM WEGL with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Join us every Thursday at 4 as Jacob and Bay cover all the happenings in sports. You can keep up with all the great shows on Weagle by streaming us on our website at WEGLFM.com and following us on Twitter and Instagram at WEGL underscore AU.